Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuskegee Media Network podcast where we discover and all rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? Just got back from work. I'm tired. Aww. New, new uh, lesson schedule. One of the teachers decided to do um, all seven of her students in one day, which is fine because it means I don't have to go back up. Uh, uh, this is where I commute, which is a, a 45 minute commute from my house, which is great because, you know, this means I don't have to go up more than once for her studio, but it means I was there playing the piano from nine to five. It was a long day. Aw, I'm sorry. It's fine. And with us as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I am slightly less tired because I just woke up from a nap after work, so, like, I rest. I, I took like a good, like a thirty minute nap, but I'm still slightly groggy. I'm still just getting up, but we're good. Aw, well, I'm also exhausted from work. Wee, it's exciting. Um, because I'm trying to make as much money as possible before I go to England for three weeks. So at least it's for a good reason. But uh, I got twenty nine days to make as much money as possible. So the the race is on. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well. Let's wake up. Let's do it. Ah, put on a pot of coffee. Let's talk about some episodes. We're talking about season six, episode 15 and 16, which are Honor Among Thieves and Change of Heart. So first up is Honor Among Thieves, which I think is a Sly Bandicoot. <laughs> it's not Sly Bandicoot. Oh, I'm too tired. Sly Cooper. Sounds like a Sly. Isn't that a Sly Cooper game title? I think there is one called like three or something. Sly Cooper was great because you get to play as a furry and rob stuff. It was wonderful. It's uh, it's everything you ever wanted <laughs> in a video game. I miss them. All right, let's talk about Honor Among Thieves. It's crime time on DS9, so get some wine for a fine line of rhymes. I'm out. Anyways, O'Brien decides it's time to do some space Donnie Brasco and infiltrate the Orion Syndicate on planet Farius Prime, far from Federation control. Miles is tasked with infiltrating the organization of Liam Bilby, a mid-level Syndicate member. After posing at the bar for weeks, he tricks them into thinking he helped out one of his men avoid a data spike that almost kills him. Miles integrates himself into the group, but reports back to his Federation contact Chadwick, who is pleased he so quickly got himself in. Bilby has O'Brien, under the fake name Connolly, repair three Klingon disruptors he has procured, but he won't tell O'Brien what they are for. After some present drinks and a murder, Bilby reveals to O'Connolly that there is an Orion mole in the Federation who is going to give them the names of all the Federation officers in the Orion Syndicate. He also talks O'Connolly to meet his new client, a Vorta named Gelnon. Bilby witnesses for O'Connolly, meaning he is responsible for his actions to his Orion boss, Ramus. O'Brien wants to pull out, but Chadwick makes him stay in there and find out what's really going on. He also expresses a concern over Bilby, who has a family somewhere else, but Chadwick assures him he will be sent to a safe Federation prison. O'Connolly learns that what the Dominion want is for the Orion Syndicate to kill a Klingon ambassador who is arguing for the Klingons to end their alliance with the Federation to protect themselves. Killing him with the disruptors will make it seem like Gowron ordered the attack, and likely sway, sway favor over to the side more beneficial to the Dominion. O'Brien tells Chadwick, but he replies he will tell the Klingons of the plan and let them kill Bilby and his gang. Enraged and in too deep, O'Brien knocks out Chadwick to warn Bilby of the trap. Bilby is saddened that his new bay was a fed cop, 
but since he witnessed O'Connelly, it means he will be killed either way. He decides only right course of action is to go ahead with the plan, as it will ensure his family will be safe. He asks only that O'Brien take care of his cat Chester, and he leaves to his doom. O'Brien returns to DS9, but despite Bashir trying to comfort him, all O'Brien has left with him is sadness and a handful of pussy. Hey, Jokes. What do you guys think of Honor Among Thieves? I liked it, and it was sad. What about you, Peter? Yeah, it was all right. um, This was a different kind of O'Brien must suffer episode than than we have experienced before. I would say, where where it it was more, it was where it it wasn't him like physically suffering, but it was more of uh, it was more of us seeing how good natured he can be again, and like that kind of being his downfall. Well, I won't say downfall, but that that being the reason why he suffered yeah uh i was very excited at the beginning of this episode because it reminded me so much of shadow run which uh, for those who don't know is a uh tabletop board game that's basically D but cyberpunk Ooh. so it's got like elves and uh wizards and stuff but it's in like a future so there's also like you know corporations rule everything and it's very blade runnery and there's you know data spikes and hacking but there's also magic it's great well, that sounds awesome. Um, totally awesome. I would totally do a Shadowrun uh, campaign after our D&D one. Um, and uh, so it reminded me a lot of that, which is fun. It's always, I think it's a fun idea to have you know, sort of space cyberpunk uh, elements. Uh, but it was so small scale that I just was kind of bored for this episode. Because this is it true. was sort of just in like a bar and a guy's apartment. <laughs> like, And it was very bare bones and not very... I don't know. I wanted to see more Orion Syndicate. And I thought it was interesting they were doing sort of a Donnie Brasco thing, but I just didn't think Bilby was that interesting of a character. So it just was kind of, yeah, on this episode yeah. overall. I don't know. I, I really liked the ideas of it. I did admittedly find myself falling asleep a couple of times during the episode, which I don't think is entirely <laughs> the episode's fault. I was probably just really tired. But it was one of those things was like, oh, yeah, well, I do really want to go back and watch this later because I, I like... I, I like this dynamic we have here, but then I didn't get around to it. Yeah, for I me, saw enough like, that I remembered everything you said in the summary, though. Yeah, you fin- like, you finished the episode. Yeah, least, right. Yeah. Okay. No, she right. stopped. You were gonna rewatch it. I see what you're saying. Okay. She stopped halfway through and she's like, "Let me just fill in the blanks. Yeah, it's like Fine. I would doze off for like two minutes and then wake up. It's like, oh, how did that scene end? Kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, I did that the other day. Oh, that was a bummer. I I I was like, did I set my schedule for tomorrow? And I didn't. I was like, ah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Anyways, were we about to say, Peter? No, uh, like it, it was an interesting concept. It just I didn't feel it was an interesting concept, and I and overall thought it was like okay, but I don't know. Just the stakes didn't uh, the stakes didn't seem high enough for me for kind of how into it Brian was. And I mean, I I guess I guess that's fine because it was more of a small scale thing rather rather than O'Brien being like other than O'Brien being involved in this massive operation, it's more of just him trying to infiltrate the group of this one guy. But I don't know. It just, it, it was okay, but it didn't like necessarily draw me in. It wasn't like, it wasn't like after the first minute, I was like, I need to see everything that happens in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, 
you know, the thing it reminds me most of is is what I quoted at the beginning, which is this really awesome, underappreciated movie called Donnie Brasco, which stars Al Pacino and Johnny Depp, mm. uh, back when both of them cared. <laughs> so, you know, in yeah. the 90s, back when both of them tried. Um, and it's really nice, based on a true story, where, you know, Donnie Brasco is a FBI agent who goes undercover with a sort of mid-level mafia guy. And what's kind of nice is, like, uh, Al Pacino's really sad in that movie. He's like the mafia guy, but he's not like Tony Soprano. He's just sort of like a schmuck who's just like in a mid-level ground and doesn't really have a lot of power and isn't really all that impressive. And he isn't the Don or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's, his life as a mafia isn't great. He's sort of more middle management. And Donnie does eventually become deep friends with him, and then there's like a really sad thing where he finds out at the end and, and how he deals with that. The problem is that movie is two hours long, and this episode is 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you know. Uh, And it's hard to sort of establish that kind of uh, connection that I would care that much about Bilby by the end. So so you can't. Obviously, my good example is is Lenara Khan, which is a different matter, but they made me care as quickly as possible. Um, Whereas, yeah, this one just didn't have enough for me to, to really care so I, I would i wanted either like a larger explanation of what does crime look like in star trek which is what i felt like this was or more of a deeper connection between the two and it just kind of felt sort of mishmash and then they sort of threw in the klingon thing at the end to be like stakes you know like tie it into the dominion war somehow you know mm-hmm. uh and and I honestly wouldn't even wish it wasn't even O'Brien, kind of. I kind of just wanted, like, n- nobody, you know, because it was weird it was O'Brien to begin with. So, like, I don't know. The whole thing was just sort of weird to me, and I didn't ever connect to it. Yeah, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even fully, like, no matter, I, I don't, I forget how many times they may have brought it up, but I didn't even fully realize, oh, they're trying to infiltrate the Dominion until the, until, like, towards the end. It wasn't until then that it really hit me. I was like, oh, that's why we're here. Right, but they didn't even know the Dominion were going to be there at the beginning. Like, that's not why he started working yeah, for them, true. which is weird. Like, he just started working for them because they needed someone to go in the, the Orion Syndicate. And why that's they needed true. The that's fair. Chief of Operations of a star starship, I, or, you know, a space station. I don't know. Um, and so that was already weird to me. And then, like, the Dominion sort of was an afterthought. So it was all just sort of, I don't know, weird, I guess. Both these episodes had setups to, like, the Dominion stuff wasn't as important as, like, the character stuff. And I think the second one worked a little better than this one. Because, like, I don't know. The other one at least made more sense of, like, the, the stakes of what they're giving up. And this one, I was just like, what? There's, who's this ambassador? What are they talking about? Like, mm-hmm. it all is off screen and it never kind of congealed for me. Yeah. But Sarah, you seem you seem to like this episode more than us. So, so what really worked for you about it? Uh, well, again, bear in mind that I I, I did lose five or ten minutes of the episode because <laughs> I was sleepy. So I I don't know. It just I got to that scene where, um, O'Brien and Bilby were having that conversation of yes, I'm a Starfleet officer, and Bilby's like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. Um, so maybe I was, I just imagined that in the parts of the episode I had missed, they had formed more of a connection. Mm. So that's, that's why I guess that scene did it for me more than it did for you guys is that I was like, oh, they formed some sort of deep connection and now he's going to go die and it's O'Brien's fault. And that is sad. I didn't realize that they hadn't delved all that deeply into it. 
Um, they try at one point. They do have this whole sequence where Bilby talks about his family, and O'Brien claims to have no family, and then you know, yeah, when the confrontation, he's like, "Oh, I actually do have a family," and he's like, "Ah, family's everything," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said but, that, he said it like three times. Yeah, that's also the problem. It's like you never see his family again. It's very small scale. It's like. There's only like six people in this episode total. Yeah. Know? And his family yeah. is yeah, it was definitely confined one of those... to a uh, picture frame. Yeah, it was definitely one of those episodes. I, I, I forget when cake. it happened last season, but, uh, but it was one, it was one where Ben pointed out. He was just like, yeah, they probably filmed this. A few contracts were like like running like running a little thin. They were like, okay, we can get you, you, and you. Oh, the Vedic Burial episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it was just like, oh, they, they had an extra day on their contract for... You know, Terry Farrell there, and they had an extra day for, you know, Kira had a whole extra week and, you know, stuff like that. So you can tell sometimes when you're like, think about these sort of things and you know television production, you're like, wait a minute. I know that Med Bay. That's from Voyager. <laughs> I've seen that a few times. <laughs> sometimes they swap out. They love doing that. And deep in Star Trek Six, I believe the Med Bay is from Next Generation. Hmm. Uh, in the Enterprise because they didn't want to build new sets. And they're like, we already have Medbay sets. They're fine. You know, use those. They're on Paramount Lot 7. You know, just walk over a little bit. So, I always find that funny. Are you guys opposed to the idea of, like, doing a dark side of Star Trek? Because, like, that's what we're doing with Discovery, sort of. But, like, the seedy underworld of Star Trek. Oh, no, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, because I, f- I saw that a lot of the criticisms episode is like it's not very Star Trekky, but I don't know if that was my problem with it because I think there's always going to be crime. I think it's just a no, little bit yeah. much to say that there's Utopia has no crime anywhere. And there's always going to be people who are left out. That's why I like Firefly. You know, yeah. The whole joke about Firefly is the Alliance is the Federation. You know, they're doing their own thing, but there's always going to be farmers and smugglers and thieves and roustabouts and on the edges of the uh, civilized world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, and and for me, and for me, I'm to- I'm totally down for seeing like the dark, like the darker, seedier side of the Federation. I ca- I kind of com- like since I work in retail, I kind of compare it to that, where it's like where, like, 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 <laughs> the dark, seedy yeah, world. No, c- yeah, crate because, and barrel. Yeah, because um, like because like like where, like where I work, crate and barrel, or or even or even the store, or even the store across the street, out the Apple Store. You know, you see you see that you see the sales floor, and everything looks like like all nice and put together. You know, as to give a kind of presentation and an image to the customers who walk in, so that you can sell you can you can sell your shit but then if you walk back into the stock room it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be a bit of chaos and some dirtiness to it because we're all running around frantically back there trying to make what you see look good and so you know i i even with you know the federation of the planets even even in star trek even with the stuff that we see and it's like yeah this looks awesome i would i it, it would be impossible for me to think like, oh yeah, everything is hunky dory, everything is perfect. There's some, there's probably some shady shit going on all the time that in in the background that we just don't know about, and it's like, and it's like, as if it's well done, then I'm down for it. Yeah, uh, you, you remind me of when I worked at Coldstone Creamery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it's amazing just by moving to the other side of the counter how gross you realize it is. You know, yeah. like I you had, don't see the 
I the had... gnarly uh, ice cream water that we dip our scoops into and never clean, you know. I had a friend uh, in say? high school who worked at a Cold Stone. She told me about some of the things she did in the back of Cold Stone. I'm just like, I don't want to eat ice cream from here ever again. <laughs> yeah, never talk to anyone who works at a chain you like because you don't want to know nope. uh, how the sausage is made. It's quote unquote. Oh, God. Perhaps never. literally. Yeah. I think once I saw them uh, cutting like that roll of eggs at like for a McRiddle, you know, for like the. Oh, no. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> Good. Never again. See you in two weeks. I ate. Uh, mcdonald's right after i saw supersize me (laughs) tells you about myself i was like i want mcdonald's um uh, we got off track i got myself off track on that one one thing i wanted to quickly say is that uh i recognized chadwick i was like where is that guy where did i know him from he is uh if any of you watch sam healy black yeah Yeah. Sam Healy. it's the the douchebag guard or nut guard sort of what what do you call him Uh, counselor isn't he the counselor Right, because Caputo is the warden. Right. Yeah, he's sort of a counselor. I don't think uh, I ever finished the new season now that I think about it. It's not good. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds good, but it's not good. Yeah. It's it's ambitious to try to do the entire thing during a riot, but it it, it shouldn't be 13 episodes. It should be six. Yes. It should be like, I'd understand a small mini season, but eventually you're like, wow, still rioting, huh? Okay great um yeah it's it's fine but anyways i was like hey healy yeah he's, a shit. he's so young nice. i know he doesn't even have any gray hair or that he always has very nice salt and pepper hair in that show uh-huh yeah more salt than like, pepper oh. true true <laughs> look i'm just getting salt so i don't want to accept uh that i'm gonna be there soon in just like 10 years oh it happens quicker than you think, particularly for beards. My beard is already so white. Mm. I feel like Santa Claus already. <laughs> oh. The march of time. Was well, there anything else you guys have to say for uh, what the hell this was called? Honor Among Thieves? <laughs> uh, not for me, no. I just, no, I loved right. that um, back on the station, <laughs> it was made very clear that the station cannot survive without <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> Everyone's just like, this is wrong. This is wrong. The turbo lift is fucked. Like, what's, uh, what's happening? <laughs> like, yeah, O'Brien's wanna, away uh, on a secret mission. And I don't even know how she did it, but Dax did the coolest move out of that small, like, crack she had to get out from the turbo lift uh-huh. she does this amazing like she puts both her feet up and then brings her body up and it's really hot i recommend rewatching yeah it. i was like whoo girl you're flexible you do yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of dax being really speaking hot of, why don't we move on <laughs> you can have get ready oh my for some god real, y'all i can't with this episode <laughs> real real gay purrs from sarah coming up soon. Uh. All right, let's talk about Change of Heart, Season 6, Episode 16. What's this? An okay Dax and Worf episode? Hmm, this can't be right. Let's read the synopsis and find out. After they concur in the fur... I tried. Dax and and Worf are assigned to help a Cardassian defector escape, who has information about where the founders are located in the Alpha Quadrant. He agrees to give over the locale only if Dorf can help them escape. His plan is to walk into the jungle of Sukara since they can't beam him off the planet, so Dorf will have to meet him in person and take him to their runabout. 
On the way, they discuss their honeymoon plans, with Worf wanting to go to Vulcan, and Dax instead wanting to go to Casperia Prime. And shockingly, Worf compromises? Now this is science fiction I just can't believe. After landing in the jungle and Dax getting into a really tight Laura Croft-esque outfit, oh. they head into their rendezvous. Along the way, they laugh, joke, and get attacked by Jim Hadar. You know, the usual honeymoon stuff. They manage to take out a squadron, but Jadzia is hit by a round, dosed with an anticoagulant, so she is bleeding out. Romantic. Worf tries his best to heal her wounds, but eventually they become too much, and Dax tells her to go on without her, saying her fa farewells to Worf, which I wrote as Wroff, which I, makes me laugh. As Woff, now I wrote that as Woff, so Woff <laughs> and then Woff. As Woff goes deeper into the jungle. <laughs> eventually he cannot take it anymore and saves Dax, failing the mission. Jadzia makes a full recovery on DS9, and Sisko informs Worf that the defector was killed, and he may have cost them the war. Because of this, Worf can be assured that he will probably never be given a command position or be allowed to work with Dax again. However, Sisko confines in Worf that if his, he was in his position with his widow, he would have done the same thing. Dax feels sorry for Worf because his career means so much to him, but he admits that Jadzia means much more, and with that I'm weirdly on board again. Mostly. However, we also have a B-plot to deal with, so let's get to that. Before their mission, Worf and O'Brien watch as Dax loses a Tongo to Quark, who has been on an impressive winning streak. O'Brien decides it's worth all the latinum in the quadrant to watch Quark lose to a human, so he decides to get good, which upsets Bashir, who just wants to play Bonshir in the Hollow Suite. O'Brien realizes Bashir might have a chance to beat Quark to, due to his super smarty brain, so he buys in Bashir's stake for a game. Things go well for Bashir for a while, till it's just him and Quark left. Quark begins to lament with Bashir how they both lost their chance with Dax, which gets into Bashir's head, causing him to lose. What do we think of change of heart? Bashir's an idiot. She's dumb it. He's still Bashir, pining. Bashir, like, I realize, you know, like, yeah, you're still human, but Bashir's an idiot. It's like, dude, with your big, smart brain, you should realize by now, with how long you've been on this space station... How Quark works. <laughs> Gets in your mind. Like, seriously. This is why you don't play your bartender. They know all your secrets. Literally. That's right. You never never want to play poker with your bartender. It's just a bad drive. You keep that shit separate, you know? <laughs> I don't know how Sarah dates her bartender, but she manages okay, I guess. Well, she, so, I mean, she's, she's not usually allowed to actually be my bartender, because I'm not supposed to be a patron of the bar while Katie is working. Ah, okay. So, there you go. Although around. she does still, you know, know all my secrets, so this is still valid. She just happens to be <laughs> a bartender. But also, You Sarah's, can date but a also, bartender. But also Sarah's badass, so, you, you know, know, that factors in. Eh. Well, yeah. I mean, Sarah's secrets is that she's awesome. I mean, sure. That's, I mean, that's yeah. Really all that is, yeah. And that uh, uh, I don't know. I was gonna say porg smuggling. There we go. Yeah. Porg, porg smuggling. smuggling <laughs> ring. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. It's it was. I really enjoyed the humor in this episode a bit. I don't usually laugh out loud at Star Trek, but I genuinely laughed out loud when uh, uh, O'Brien was like. Uh, here are the rules and he looks at it for literally half a second and goes okay let's play <laughs> like it's, he's a genius I like that it's yeah. great great joke good bit five comedy points mm -hmm. um, and uh, I genuinely enjoyed poor sad Bashir though I always felt that he was more thirsty in the first few seasons than romantic so it never quite 
I don't quite buy that that kid's his love of his life he's missing. Yeah, that yeah. part kind of missed me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Because like... it wasn't like La La Land or whatever where it's like <laughs> it ends and it's like, oh, we just can't be together. It's like, no, he was just thirsty and she was not interested. She was just mm-hmm. like, dude, mm-hmm. please, like, here, like here, here's a glass of water. This should suffice. Actually hydrate yourself. <laughs> Actually hydrate yourself. Seriously. And he was pulling tail a lot in that early season. So, like, I don't oh, know yeah. what his problem God, was. he like, was, yes. Like, he was fine. He's he's a very attractive man. He's just fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And he got he'll with be... um. Oh, what's Rom's wife's name? Alita. Alita, yeah. Alita. Crazy hot too. Yeah. He's just one of those guys who's like, I didn't get with everybody. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, like dude, shut the up. one that got away amidst uh-huh. all yeah. of the others. It's everyone's just mad because she tried to get with Morn. <laughs> That's all. It yeah. is. <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate. It. Everyone everyone has some knowledge of that, and they're all just like, wait, what? They, they can't handle the fact that Morn was the, the most alpha of everybody. War, <laughs> because Worf clearly cannot handle it. No. No, he cannot. Because, exactly, again, Morn's the most alpha. Worf is he just, just like, sits in his bar. Worf is like, wait, he said no to you? What the hell? <laughs> he said no to my wife? Let's talk about Worf and Dax. We're not Worf and Dax fans usually, but yeah, now that we're back are you on guys that. at now? Because my hot take is I'm kind of on board. It felt like yeah, I am. Girl. I am too, and I don't like that I am. But okay, here's here's my thing about Worf and Dax is is that often he well I don't know plays devil's advocate or disagrees with her, and sometimes I feel like he's doing it just to disagree with her. And, you know, yeah. just does all this shit and whatever. But the thing about Dax is that she just takes it in stride and is like, whatever, I'll deal with this later. Like, it doesn't... He's He says some pretty bad things, but she doesn't let them hurt her. Right. Yeah. Just like, yeah. oh, this guy, just whatever. You know, yeah. she, she sticks to her guns. She, she's not, like, you know, upset or, or if she is, she lets him know. She's like, hey, that wasn't cool. What are you doing? So, I don't yeah. know. And then, you know, he he very clearly does love her. And he says some lovely things like, I would rather lose a bet on you than win on someone else. I have that in my notes. I'm just like, That's oh, cute. okay. It was cute. And then they, they did have some good banter in this episode. Yes. Yes, this episode is written by Ronald Moore. Mm. Who does write all of Star Trek because he's so good at it. <laughs> And uh, it it showed, uh, like you said, the banter was just a lot, lot better. And, you know, there's like this whole bit about like, was that a joke? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. and is like, uh, you know, Worf actually showing some levity and showing compromise and showing like the ability that he actually loves her at the end, which is great. It's so refreshing <laughs> from so many of the other episodes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just a thing of like, it's so much... Like, thank God it's just a little bit better, or if it's just that it actually does feel like character growth overall. Yeah, I think we're going to have to see the more following episodes about Worf's behavior to see if he's actually any better at compromise, or if it was just for this one-off episode and then he goes back to being a shithead. Yeah, because part of me honestly kind of wants to believe that it may have just been for this one episode, and that disappoints me, but time will tell and i will say deep space nine is a lot better at at, about character growth than other star trek series seem to be 
So who knows? Maybe it'll actually take. I hope so. I hope so. Because uh, I actually did enjoy them palling around this episode. Yeah. And it was weird. It mm-hmm. was not what I was expecting at all. Mm-hmm. But, but this is, regardless of Worf, let's just talk about Dax for a minute. When she's just <laughs> naked in the furs, in bed, and she's really hot. And there's one point where I'm pretty sure Worf says hot damn and Klingon. I don't remember exactly where it was, <laughs> but I have that as a note. Oh, I'm so I'm pretty sure, sure it's hot damn and Klingon. Dear listeners, and then when dear listeners, if you if you if you know Klingon, please translate what what Worf said. We need to know. Yes, and then when they're in the forest and she's just pulling the Jadzia Croft, I just mm, I can't. Katie was was Laura Croft for one of her Halloween costumes this year, and it was a very good costume. And um, <laughs> yeah, it made me more excited excited about anything to do at all with Laura Croft. <laughs> speaking of that uh, uh one thing i liked is uh it's just something it's a minor thing i noticed so you don't see enough of it's just like there's this nice little moment while we're being distracted by <laughs> terry farrell's uh gorgeous body uh-huh. uh there's a nice little moment where she just looks at Worf and his hair is down yeah and she just is very attracted to him and i like that you yeah. don't see a lot in like when couples are together but like it, it's a very couple thing yeah when just your partner one particular day you strikes him you're like they look really hot today mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're just mm-hmm. really really into them at that one moment and i, I don't know there's just a nice little thing you don't see a lot of and i think it's a very little little sweet bit which i i enjoyed yeah she just saw his hair down and she was just like oh oh i'm into it right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's nice I thought that was nice. So, um, and I like that Star Trek is so open with its sexuality. Yes. This show, at least. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this show. When the other show thinks the hottest thing that a couple does together is when they brush their teeth. So, so sexy. So sexy. This is our favorite moment when we brush this, our teeth. This is together. my favorite moment of the day. It's just like, this is it. This is it. Y'all's a boring ass basic Y'all couple. I'm better. sorry. But then again, then again, I it will... is a little sweet. I get yeah, what you're going yeah, for. Say... It was just like funny to me. Like, yeah, it's just like God. this is your highlight. Oh God. If if they were a better couple, I wouldn't be a problem with it. It's just like adds to the shit of you know discovery to me. You know? Which, dear listener, we hope that you have already heard by now. Yeah, you'll have heard this one, even though that's the next thing we're dis- we're discussing. So I'll have to save some. Save some of it in my heart for the next discussion. Oh, I have my God. three podcasts to do today on my Woo! day off. Woo! I'm a crazy person. All right. <laughs> yeah, this episode didn't have much plot, and and it was just more just just them hanging out, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I like an, a good episode where it's just characters just just hanging out. You know, we had Waltz recently, which is a dark hanging out, but you know, it's a similar like just two characters kind of uh, dealing with each other, which I enjoy. Right. I thought it was weird that the B-plot just ended. Like, I thought I missed it. Like, I thought I missed more. It feels like there was, like, an extra scene. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's always, like, it always keeps going a little bit longer. Right. And it, instead, it was just, like, he lost. And then I thought he would come back, and then he would be, like, I don't know, say something mean about Cork's mom or something. And then Cork <laughs> would get sad. And then he would Ooh, win or something. And, and then he would be, like, aha, you have emotions, too, Cork. Or something. Yeah. It feels like there was, like, an extra scene they didn't do. You know what I mean? 
Nah, I, I I'm personally okay with it having with it with it just ending because it was painful to watch. It was painful. It was painful, like <laughs> for me to watch Bashir be so easily. To be, to be so easily uh, over like, overpowered by Quark just being like, so, you and Dax, you missed out. And, and Bashir just completely and utterly breaking down, even though it was the most obvious thing that Quark was doing. He was just, where Bashir was just like, you really think so? And it's like, I'm sorry, are you 12? Is this middle school? Did you, is this middle school? Did, did did you did you somehow miss out on a note, on, a, on like a note on a note that Dax passed about the Dax supposedly allegedly passed to you? Do you like me? Yes or no? Like please please check one and send back. Like I'm sorry, you're a grown ass man. Do better. <laughs> it was painful, so I was just kind of like, please let this be over because he's clearly going to lose, and I don't want to watch it again. Like it, it, it was it was cute and funny, but I was just like Bashir, come on. Baby, honey, do Buddy. better. <laughs> You're smarter basically than this. Sa- yeah. Basically what I'm saying is if I try to bring up Will to Peter while we're playing poker, Peter's like, mm, I listen to you, bitch. Don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, this is the fifth hundred episode of Star Trek to be ever be made. The what? The fifth hundredth episode of any Star Trek show. So wow. Oh, wow. This is number 500 of, of total. So Damn. I'm little milestone. But otherwise, I, have, I don't have anything else to say. Do you guys have anything else to say for a change of heart? Um, I the love only- the bet at the beginning of, uh, you know, War versus O'Brien on who would win Tongo. The one one bottle of blood wine against one bottle of scotch whiskey. <laughs> I just think that's yeah, a great, great wager. That, yeah, that was a nice, that, that was a nice mm-hmm. moment. I appreciated that very much. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, oh, that's I, it was- for me. Yeah, for me, the last thing I would say, like, I realized that, that, you know, the Cardassian defector held a lot of secrets and could have really changed the tide, turned the tide of the war. But on a totally personal, personal level, I have no problem with worth leaving him because he was being an absolute dick to them. And he was like, come get me. And I was just like, whoa, you should be way more. He wasn't making it easy. Yeah, I was like, dude, you should be way more appreciative of the fact that they're even going to come get you because you're being an asshole. Yeah, he's just going to walk in the jungle and they have to walk like, you know, 20 kilometers and fucking through all kinds of shit and, and, and he was granted he was also being racist he was he was also being racist he's like really you expect me to you expect me to, 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 to trust a Klingon it's just like dude he is one of two people who are coming to rescue you be more appreciative yeah and she's like I'm a trill and he's like yeah not better like ugh, yeah it's like if this That's is our true. defector then fuck you too I get the feeling he didn't even have info like right. come on he was bluffing he, he, he just... strikes me as just like a shithead who want, like, wanted to get away from taxes or something yeah he just <laughs> wanted out yeah yeah he didn't strike me as someone who really had the deep know-how or whatever he's not some he's not Damar you know what I mean right like yeah he would know where the founders are he had he, know? he had just enough information for him to seem interesting to the Federation but not enough for him to be actually useful yeah. Totally. They never sent any proof that he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, it was just on word, just on word of mouth. And trust us. Yeah, I feel like he would be one of those guys who'd show up and then be like, "Ha ha! You can't bring me back now." Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for our episode this week. Next week we will be discussing season six, episode seventeen and episode eighteen, which are wrongs darker than death or night. Yikes! It's a very Star Trek wow. Discovery title. Yeah. <laughs> and Inquisition. No one expects Inquisition. 
Uh, sorry, that's a terrible joke. As always, I want to thank my <laughs> lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.